94.7 Kumu Kokua, because Kumu cares. We got your Kumu Kokua segment. This is where we bring in Hawaii's leaders and experts to talk about the issues you care about and to answer your questions. And of course, it's Aloha Friday, so that means we got Lieutenant Governor Josh Green in the proverbial house. Thank you so much for joining us again. Uh, Can you update folks? How are you feeling? Obviously, you know, you had the COVID-19 diagnosis. Uh, What's happened since then? How are you feeling? I'm feeling great. I, I'm back to normal, and I feel very lucky and um, and blessed to not have any illness. You know, it's uh, it's very tricky to know whether you're going to get sick with COVID. Some people get no symptoms at all, 30 to 40%. Some people get mild symptoms, which I had. Some people get very ill, especially if they're older, they're not in good shape, and so on. And so mm-hmm. we worry about those individuals. So I fell into the very mild category, and after a few days of uh, fatigue and a little cough and this and that, I ended up being normal as far as normal can be for me. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. That's good to know. And your family? Your family is okay as well? Yeah, they didn't end up having any symptoms of any consequence, nothing. They uh, And they all tested negative, and my whole staff tested negative, except for my two um, very wonderful uh, security guards. And one is totally recovered. The other's going through a little bit, tough, bit of a tough time, but I'm praying he'll be fine and he's getting great care. So it, it's like that. You know, one person gets almost nothing. The mm-hmm. first guy just coughed. I had some pretty significant fatigue and was pulled up and worked from home for a couple of weeks. And then the other team member is in the hospital. So uh, it's, it's very variable, although most of the time people who are older get hit hard. Of course, there are some other moments. I had a 51-year-old friend I shared with you once named Nick. Who's a just a, was a beautiful human being, and he passed away at age fifty-one. We heard the story of the twenty-year-old who died yeah. over on the uh, the other campus. But usually, and that's just horrible. Um, it breaks your heart, really. But usually, it's people who are seventy-five, eighty who get severe illness, and sure. those are the ones that usually succumb. Yeah. Yes. Which brings me to a quick question I wanted to ask you before we delve into the issues of reopening Hawaii for tourism, which is obviously the big yeah. thing you're working on. But real quickly, President Trump, you're, you're referring to people being you know, of older age, being mm-hmm. at higher risk for complications, et cetera. As a doctor yourself, how do you see his case playing out? Well, let me be the doc here. Um, first, I, I do, you know, really send politics. I send my best wishes to Melania and Mr. Trump. Mm-hmm. I I feel sad that they are sick, and it's just terrible to be sick. So I pray for everybody, the seven million people, and the president and the first lady. Now, regarding his case, his case could be very severe. I suspect that if he has significant symptoms in the first uh, three or four days, that he will get quite sick. Mm-hmm. The mortality rate and the the, the um, trajectory of the illness for someone who's over seventy, I believe the president is seventy four, mm-hmm. and if um, you know if they're not in terrific shape, he's got you know he's got a little bit of uh, issues regarding his um, you know weight and so on. If if the president gets sick, he could be in dire straits, and a lot of individuals have a lot of respiratory problems. Mm-hmm. Now, of course, uh, his wife is much much younger so she probably fall into the lower risk category also the president will have every possible access to health care which honestly every american deserves everyone mm-hmm. should have exactly the same health care and we should make sure that each of our you know seven million americans that got sick deserve to have that amount of health care but 
let's be frank, he's the president. He's going to have a lot of health people around him. They will certainly put him on remdesivir, steroids, oxygen if he needs it right away. Mm -hmm. There are some other interesting questions. I mean, the president was a, a heavy proponent of some of the controversial treatments. I hope he doesn't feel the need to be political and take medicines that that he had talked about before. I hope he'll just listen to whatever the best infectious disease doctor they have over at Walter Reed is, and that they just treat him as as anybody else would need to be treated if he goes into the hospital. Sure. My understanding is he had some mild symptoms today, mm-hmm. and it's pretty easy. It's pretty early in the course, so it's usually five to seven days after you've caught it that you start, you know, getting symptoms, and about ten days to two weeks if you're going to get really terrible stuff. That's when it kicks in. Mm-hmm. Okay. Well, I know we all we all definitely yeah. wish the president well yes. and, and, and the whole family, that whole staff. So, okay. Of course, the main reason we're looking forward to hearing from you today is that uh, we are just about two weeks out, just a little bit less, uh, from the reopening of tourism, Trans-Pacific mm-hmm. Tourism here in Hawaii. Lieutenant Governor, you, were, uh, you did a news conference yesterday that talked about the details, and I know that's been long in, you know, developing. Can you share uh, with our listeners where we are in the in the plan to be comprehensive about making sure we don't have another surge of COVID-19 because honestly a, a lot of our listeners have been you know they've been posting about they're, they're a little bit nervous because we haven't had uh, Trans-Pacific tourism here in about half a year and the question of will we be safe will we see sur- a surge of COVID-19 again can you share uh, what your plan is for that yes I let me first start by saying I share exactly that same concern, exactly that concern that they have, which is we have to be safe. The the additional piece of it is we have to find a way to care for people and make sure they're not missing out on rent payments or unable to pay for food or education. So there are things to balance, but we have to be safe. Now, let me talk specifically about how we will do it to be safe. I'm going to start with something very basic. It has nothing to do with opening or not opening, and that is wearing a mask. Everyone must still wear a mask, and that will decrease our risk of transmission by more than 95%, just so people know, okay? Mm -hmm. If we're wearing a mask, and each of us, whether we're at work or outside, you know, doing something else, anything, wear a mask, and we will not have a problem at all. Countries all across the world have succeeded doing that. Let me start there. It's very important. Now, dive into what's really going to happen with travel. It should be extremely low risk for people traveling here. The higher risk, I have to unpack this in a moment, will be as we start taking care of them, working at the hotels or wherever, okay, restaurants and so on. The way it will work is very, very straightforward, and I want people to hear this many times. Starting on October 15th, we will begin to have people come. It should be small numbers at first. Somewhere between 5,000 and 8,000 people will likely come. That is very small compared to the historic 30,000 people a day, just so people understand, okay? So it should not be a big risk. Number two, the current uh, prevalence rate on the United, in the United States on the mainland where people will be traveling from, assuming they're not super sick, because super sick people are not going to be traveling. I can tell you, I had COVID just two weeks ago, and you're not going to be traveling if you're super sick. But the prevalence is pretty low. It's well under one in 100. It's probably more like one out of 200 or 250 for someone who would even consider, even consider taking a trip all the way to Hawaii. Mm-hmm. Then on top of it, people will have to get the best test, which is the federally approved nucleic acid amplification test. That's called a NAT test from a certified lab 
within 72 hours of their departure. So once again, we go from a low number of people that just could be asymptomatic, walking around with an asymptomatic case of COVID, and then we'll test them. And we will decrease by a huge amount the number of people that could still come into Hawaii positive because they will, if they test positive, they're not traveling. They cannot travel. So it will be less than one out of a thousand people that get on a plane that are pre-diagnostic, that have not been able to be tested positive. Mm-hmm. Then if we get six or 8,000 people, that would be six or eight people that would come into Hawaii who, again, are asymptomatic, who are just carriers of the virus. And now I'm not a supporter of having virus come here. I certainly don't want that to happen, but it's a very low number. The risk that we will take, and we are someday going to have to take it no matter what, is we'll open our hotels a little bit. We will open our restaurants a little bit more. And as we are working as just citizens here, we have to be really careful to, now that we're back in touch with one another, not spread it. That's where the spreading could occur. And that's why I started with you have to wear a mask. Other important details, and forgive me for going on here, not only do they have to get a test within 72 hours of departure, we also are going to exempt kids under age five because if you're under age five, your disease state will reflect that of your parents. You're with your parents all the time. And they have to have that negative test. Otherwise, they go into quarantine. If they don't have the test with them when they get here, if it's still pending, they go into quarantine. And our digital uh, app will make sure that people can be either cleared or not cleared. And so we will do that process. It will also include international sites, same test. We'll do that process and really screen it out so that we can just begin the process of opening Hawaii safely. We'll also still be checking for temperatures. We'll be checking their history. We'll be checking that we have a good contact information for them, their phone number, their email, all these things so that we can really ride herd on anybody that comes to Hawaii. But it is a question of whether or not we can continue to see thousands of people lose their health insurance, We will sooner or later run out of unemployment monies. There's so many things that are affecting us that we do have to begin life again. And so if we're safe, if we do a good job with social distancing and whatnot, we'll be okay. Okay. Lieutenant Governor, uh, one of the things we're getting a lot of questions about is the inter-island travel portion of this. Um, So could you get into that a little bit? You bet. So that is being finalized between the governor and the mayors. And I want to be very clear how much I respect them to make that decision, of course. They're finalizing that opinion. This is what I suspect they will come up with. I suspect they will ultimately decide that the same rules will apply. If you want to avoid the quarantine from Oahu going to Maui or Kauai, you'll have to get a pretest within 72 hours of your travel. Today, I'm working on getting Walgreens and CVS to do extra testing. Because remember, we only have 4,000 tests total. This is where your next set of questions usually come yeah. from people, <laughs> which is why not get a second and a right. third test? Well. Mm-hmm. We only have 4,000 tests. Yesterday, we did 1,817 tests. We have a little bit of room. I love testing. I really do because I love to know that we are testing people negative or if they're positive, we contact trace and then test around those guys with close contacts. We're doing Mm -hmm. better at that, by the way. We now have about 400 people on that staff of varying professions doing the job. But that is what I suspect we will announce early next week, but I have to defer to the mayors and the governors because they know there are counties better. But it makes a lot of sense to have a system that's the same because we don't want it to be too confusing. Probably it should be the same test. Probably it should be the same rules. That way, look, if you're flying in from New York and you're doing a vacation over on Maui, you had to have a test, negative test, you verify it, you're safe, you have your trip. 
same thing goes if you were on Oahu, you ought to be allowed to go to Maui if you want. It would be unfair, it would seem, to not have that. So, again, let's ask that they get a test within 72 hours. As soon as we reach a place where the prevalence rate is similar between Oahu and the other neighbor islands, I, I suspect they'll get rid of the inner island quarantine. But the problem with that is Oahu has a city, and the neighbor islands have more, more villages and small towns. And so you normally don't see the same rate as places mm-hmm. with cities. So I'll be watching that. All I really am concerned about is that we keep our people healthy and that the healthcare system is adequate to care for all of us. There's really good news on that front. We were down to 130 people in the hospital after peaking at 318. Right. So I'm watching those numbers very carefully to make sure that now and when we open and when schools open someday, that we're all okay. Mm, okay. Okay. Good. We're talking with Lieutenant Governor Josh Green. Um, sir, so we've talked about Inner Island. We've talked about coming in from the U.S. What about travels from other countries? Other countries will have the same standard. So it will be a nucleic acid amplification test from their certified lab. Obviously, it won't be a, a, a Hawaii or a U.S. certified lab. Yeah. We've already gotten into contact with the, the consulate folks at each of these countries that are considering us. So that rule will be very straightforward. Same test, nucleic acid amplification test within 72 hours of departure. We are doing this with trusted partners and we're working very carefully with them so that our our program, the artificial intelligence in the digital platform can quickly verify the test. Mm. We will also have health personnel there. In fact, I'm even going to be at the airport much of the 15th checking this stuff out so that we have extra support for our team there. And I'll provide some medical expertise to make sure that the tests are valid. But we are going to use our trusted partners. And I can actually run that list for you at some point if you want. The trusted partner list has gotten quite big. And it should give a lot of opportunities for people to get tested properly. They're now testing at airports, too, all over the world. And we are insisting that they use the right test for Mm -hmm. Hawaii. So So it'll work the Mm -hmm. same way. Okay. Sir, so if there, if travelers are wanting to come in, they take one of those tests that are certified. Um, can you explain to our listeners, now you talked a little bit in the news conference yesterday about the online platform that they have to register with and get a QR code. How does how does all of that work and what what is the point of that? Well, the point of that is to really have good data in case we have to contact race people. Mm-hmm. That's the main point. <coughs> because if we have that and we have that in place nicely, then it's very easy for us to say, oh my goodness, you were on such and such plane and someone did test positive, or you're staying at this hotel where you did, maybe a person chose not to do the uh, pretest and they're going to they're gonna quarantine. We can check in on them real easily so that if they're messing around, we're going to fine them five grand or kick them out, send them home. Mm-hmm. So that's an important thing. A couple of important places that people will need to go, and we're going to, by the way, have another major press conference next week. I'm going to make sure we have weekly updates on this for quite some time. People are going to go to travel.hawaii.gov, and they can go through our Safe Travels site there. The other website that's very relevant where everybody can get all this information is hawaiicovid19.com, hawaiicovid19.com. But the point is to get their data, just a digital form, we've been doing this forever, but we've been doing it on paper, as you know, Mm -hmm. to get their digital information and have a little bit of health information protected so that if anything goes wrong or if we need to help them or they need our help, we can immediately communicate. So we have to have a cell phone and an email address. 
and it should be fine. I mean, like I said before, it can't be perfect. And I know people are worried and people are going to say, well, what if they catch it on the plane? Mm-hmm. Well, if it's one in a thousand people, which is a pretty good estimate of what it will be after you've not been sick and you've had a test and you're traveling just a day or two later, mm-hmm. three at the most, if that happens, if all of that happens, you're not going to be sitting next to someone with COVID and you're certainly going to be wearing a mask. So we can do this safely. Everyone else in the world has worked to do it safely, but if there's a glitch, if there's a problem, we'll hopefully be able to fix it immediately. And we're we're actually spending a lot more time on this than is probably even sensible. The most important <laughs> thing we could do is convince everyone to wear a mask. If we have everyone wearing a mask wherever they go, this thing dies out. I'll tell you, masks are even, this is sound a little controversial, but it's a fact, masks are even better than immunizations if people do it right. Because if everyone mm-hmm. wears a mask, it knocks the heck out of the disease. Interesting. Okay. okay. Uh, Lieutenant Governor Josh Green joining us here. Uh, going to a question we're getting from Facebook. Anne-Marie Medeiros is uh, asking, uh, her son is coming home for Thanksgiving, uh, and yep. if he does not get a COVID test before he flies home, can he get one once he's home and then get out of quarantine if he's negative? Is that how that works? No. As of now, he, that is not the policy. He will not be able to get the test here. Now, if we do ramp up our test adequately and we succeed at that, and the governor approves it, there's a couple ifs there, we would then have some testing. And I hope that we will get there. But as of now, he must get the test before he comes. And he'll have to get it from a trusted partner. And the good news is I've set up national partners all over the country to help us. So if he's in school in California or New York or wherever, it'll be very easy. Here's a list of them, okay? CVS, Kaiser, Walgreens, Quest Labs, Vault, which is a mail-in, there's an APS group, which is out of Oregon. Also, Hawaiian Airlines, United Airlines, American Airlines, Alaska Airlines, all are going to have sites at the airport or near the airport to get tested, which, they'll, which will be counted. And then we're setting up different airports. We're setting up deals with LAX, Oakland, and SeaTac. All of them are also going to be available, and they're going to be our trusted partners. And that will mean that you can go anywhere. Now, it will cost a couple bucks. I'm not going to shy away from that. <laughs> and once we get approved cheaper tests that, if they're as safe as can be, we'll approve those ones, too, with all of our trusted partners. But so um, that nice woman's kid will be able to go to any of these places. Where does he go to school? What did she say? Uh, she didn't say where he was at school. She just said he was uh, on the mainland for college. So. Okay. Yeah, so but I, but I have I a lot. But we, uh, Yasmin and I both have a lot of friends who have kids who are in college <laughs> on the mainland. So yes. uh, this is important information for them to know. Yes, and so there'll be all these places, and I'll keep adding them week over week. We'll add more and more. I would expect by the end of the month of October, probably every airline that flies into Hawaii will have something set up with some partner. I would not be surprised if every major airport that flies direct to Hawaii, or most of them anyway. We'll have something. So if you forget or mess up or whatever, you'll drop, you know, you drop 100 or 150 bucks and it'll be done. Uh, and look, it's not, you're not paying for nothing. It's very nice to know that you're negative, okay? It's very good to know because you do not want to show up in Hawaii positive and have to, especially if you're a traveler, and quarantine for two weeks. That's mm-hmm. not a not a good thing. Okay. Okay. Uh, just so real quick follow up, uh, just to make sure I understand correctly. So the inter island thing, um, you're hoping is going to uh, happen. The the testing part of it will happen shortly after we get the the mainland part done, right? 
but there even, is no actual before, time. Limit? I would not be surprised. No, they're act, they're talking about it right now. Okay. I I I don't want to speak for the mayors at all. They right. really have to make this decision, and the governor has to make the decision. I just know that that's the the thing that's been bounced around as an idea, and that's probably the most feasible idea to have people get a pretest and then same rules. We've already vetted it. We know that it's pretty good and reliable. We even have. I'm working on some some quiet plans to perhaps use some of the surge tests, perhaps use some of the the surplus rapid tests that were approved, if we can. Okay. But they have to make that policy call. If they make the policy call, we'll make it happen. Okay. But in terms of implementation, like date of implementation, it, it's going to depend on the individual uh, cities, correct? Or uh, islands, correct? Again, it should be, each should have the same rules. The reason okay. for that is because if we have different rules for different counties, then when people challenge us in court, it's more difficult to explain why we did that. Okay. We're supposed to be uniform. We're supposed to treat everybody the same, and we're not supposed to come up with crazy ideas or we get sued. So I hate getting sued, and I don't like crazy <laughs> ideas because people can get sick. Right, okay. right. Got it. Um, Lieutenant Governor, I have a question about quarantine and enforcement. With the pre-travel testing program, the option for our travelers to still do, the, if they don't want to do the testing, they can still do the 14-day quarantine, 14 quarantine if they want to and, and yeah. ride that out and then be a visitor here. Um, either way, we're going to see an, uh, an increase in the number of people that the state and city have to keep track of in our all, with our already overtaxed HPD force. Um, who is going to be in charge of overseeing all this enforcement with now the thousands of people who will be added to our local residents um, that might it potentially could be a large number of people who have to be, you know, monitored for quarantine. Well, it's, it's a good question. It's hard to see, it's hard to say right now how many people will be stupid enough to travel to Hawaii without a test <laughs> because it's really a dumb move to come here without a test and be in quarantine for two weeks. It's just not. And the test is quick and fast. Yeah, quick and easy. If, mm-hmm. you're, if you live here, I suppose you could say, well, I, I I'm. I'm staying home anyway. I'm going to home quarantine. So it's a non-issue. You're, you're a resident. We trust our residents best we can. But if there are, say, 10% of the, of the five to 7,000 people a day, that would be 500 to 700 people that are supposed to be in quarantine. It will be a partnership between the police officers, the law enforcement officers of each of the counties, the attorney general's office, and in some ways, the Department of Transportation, not to do the actual enforcement, but to be able to share information. And the way we have the, the platform set up is that within one hour of someone landing and having gone through the process, that data will be in the system at the central dispatch. So if you or I are out there walking around and they, they peg us for being tourists and they, they decide they want to do a quick check, they will be able to check very quickly from the central system Yes, Esme did get her COVID-19 test. It was all approved. She's okay to be walking around. And please be wearing a mask. Mm, okay. Okay. All right. Okay. Thank you. Lieutenant Governor, uh, I, we know that we have you only for a short time this morning. So, Lieutenant Governor, thank you so much. And we look forward to every week when we have you on the show. Thank and you. Thank uh, you. Bringing us the latest. Mahalo for that. My pleasure. Yeah, every, every day now we're meeting at 8 o'clock in the morning with the um, executive team to make sure we get the details checked and double checked and triple checked to make sure that we do our best job for people here. So everyone, please be reassured. We're going to do everything we can to make it safe. 
if the numbers tick up because of tourism, we will address that immediately because we're going to look at it every single day. Mm. And again, if you end up back out working, if you get back to work soon, which would be wonderful if you were in the tourism industry, please reinforce the message with your coworkers. Wear a mask the whole day at work and at home if you have to. Please, please, please wear a mask. You will then not have an, an increase in COVID. All right. Thank you very much. Lieutenant Governor Josh Green joining us here. Kumu Kuku, 94.7 Kumu. It's Devin and Esme on the Rise and Drive on 94.7 Kumu.